and you sat beside of somebody that the next Sunday they wouldn't be there. They'd be gone forever. That was very possible in the first century, but the first century church closed ranks and kept on moving forward because they knew their mission. They knew the price that had been paid and they knew what they were all about. The church around the turn of the previous century did the same thing when the vast majority of congregations left for a more denominational bend and the churches of Christ that were left behind began to get out there and closed ranks and fought the good fight and their numbers increased exponentially. We find the same thing in this first half of the 21st century with churches all around diminishing in numbers and the Lord's Church being no exception to that. We must close ranks and move forward. This morning's message as well stressed the reality of the fact how the Lord's Church locally must move forward for Jesus evangelistically. Otherwise, we run the risk of becoming just another spiritual casualty, just another extinct entity, just another forgotten memory on the local landscape. As those of you that were here this morning certainly can recall, that was the bulletin, that was the Sunday morning sermon. And tonight we're going to close out this weekend's local moving forward with new growth focus with a little bit differently arranged worship service, one which will also focus on new growth, some of which we're already seeing and enjoying. But I'd like for us to begin here in a moment by singing to one another a trio of songs that put across the same message as this morning's sermon, how vital it is that we all seek to grow and to take our personal evangelistic efforts to new heights in order to keep this congregation growing and moving forward. By the way, before we turn and sing those three songs, don't raise your hands, don't answer out loud, but do you know when the last time was that the waters of our baptistry were stirred by a new conversion of somebody that was neither a child nor grandchild of a current member? I went back and checked the records. According to my records, that was December the 10th of 2019. Two years and four months ago was the last new convert that I have a record of that stirred the waters of the baptistry. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it's the last time I have of somebody that was not a child or a grandchild of a member. Two years plus. And so the question that I asked this morning in the lesson, let us ask it of one another with these first two out of three songs. Would you turn with me to 753, please? We've talked about being more evangelistic, but you know, what I'd also like to do besides encouraging new growth and, and focusing on that is to remind us that there's a lot encouraging that is going on in this congregation right now. There's a lot of new growth, much encouraging new growth to be aware of and thankful to God for. We had Ladies' Day just a little while back and that was incredibly refreshing and encouraging that our good sisters got together, that they had that Ladies' Day. I think that was a fantastic thing. Um, we had some of our ladies, well, they were all ladies from this congregation that, that taught, and that is, that's wonderful. It really is. 
other things that are going on that are really great for new growth. We have new deacons now, a couple of new deacons, and um, it's always good when a congregation is able to appoint work for new deacons to have new elders or anything like that. We are also having currently some new sign-up sheets. And gentlemen, I want to encourage you once again, if you have not yet gotten one of those sign-up sheets that the elders were passing out for some reason, if you weren't here or, or they happened to miss you or, or whatever, please pick one of those up, make it out, challenge yourself to do something a little bit more than you have done in the past. I want to offer right now, and I know that there's a bunch of us brothers that would do this, but I want to make it public and speak for myself and them. If you've never put together a devotional, I would be glad to sit down with you and to help you in any way that I can to talk about putting one together, how to do it, um, that sort of thing. And there are a number of other men, I am sure, in this congregation that would help you with that as well. Uh, that's what we're here for as, as brothers in Christ. So please, by all means, challenge yourself and make sure that you get those slips turned into our elders. Some other things that you may not have known that are going on, because they're kind of quiet <clears throat> up until now. We have one of our newer converts that has just begun going back to the classrooms on Sunday morning in order to learn how to teach, being mentored by one of our teachers back there. And that is growth, and that is awesome, and I am grateful for that. I also know of at least two private in-home type Bible studies that are being carried on. And that is wonderful as well. But if those two Bible studies aren't, or let me say it this way, those two Bible studies are incredibly good news, and they are exciting, but so is what we're currently going to do here tonight and what we have just started doing recently. Sunday nights, once in a while, once every, I don't know, six or eight weeks, however it rolls around, Asking some of the men who either have never given a Devo before or haven't given one recently or aren't on the list out there to consider giving a Devo two or three on a Sunday night like tonight, like we're going to do here momentarily. It's a good chance for growth. It is a good chance for the rest of us as a congregation to get some of the wisdom from some of our men, some of our older men in a lot of cases that we don't hear from a whole lot. And one of those older men that has, has been here a long time and, and I love to learn at his feet is Cheryl and he was scheduled tonight to, uh, when I first asked him to get up and give it, well sure, and, and I just, I love that, I love Cheryl and, I, and I'm, he's coming one of these nights but because of his recent surgery can't tonight but I am much looking forward to that. But it's not just some of our senior saints, it's some of our younger men. The last time we did this, Ty Cowan did his first devotional, and he's going to do a second one for us here shortly. So we have other young men in the works as well, so I am grateful for that. Also, I have some men that haven't given devos recently, recently. It was wonderful to hear from Charlie last time around, and uh, Adam is going to be doing a devo for us tonight. and, and They've both done them before, but not recently, and so I am grateful and very encouraged by them. And I will tell you that the next one of these Sunday night Devo nights that I am planning for is the fifth Sunday night in May, which is about six weeks from now. So gentlemen, 
Uh, instead of me coming to you and asking if it's something you'd like to do, I've already had one man that has stepped forward and said, I would be glad to do that. And so I'm grateful for that brother, one I haven't heard from up here uh, ever give a Debo in my three and a half years here. So please come to me and let me know if you would like to be a part of that. The first thing that I would like to do is to have us sing a song of praise tonight. Song of praise to God for all of the wonderful things that he is doing in this congregation that I just mentioned when it comes to growth. Singing a song of praise to God and giving him all the glory for the good things he has given us, the growth he is providing, and the growth he wants to provide as we continue to grow forward both individually, numerically, as well as congregationally. So we're going to sing song number one. To God be the glory, and I'm going to ask you to stand with me in the singing of this song, and let's really sing out song number one, because all the glory for all the growth in this congregation that we have ever had, that we are having or ever will have, the glory all belongs to God Almighty. And so we're going to sing this song, and immediately after this song, Brother Adam Koblenz will be giving us his devotional tonight. To God be the glory. Good evening. First of all, I'd uh, like to thank everyone who's here with us tonight. Thank everyone who is might be watching it online. Uh, thank you for Doug for asking me. Then there was at least a period there. I was like, why? Why did I say I can do this? <laughs> and as I stand up here, glad that the fan's on because for some reason I'm sweating right now. I don't really know why. <laughs> Something's wrong here. Um, but no, thank you to the congregation. I'm glad that this is my congregation. Amen. I'm glad it's not west of here 10 miles, south of here 20 miles, north of here 10 miles. I'm glad to be here at the Shoto Hills Church of Christ. Amen. Um, Thank my wife, because she, uh, she kind of, well, kind of pushes me along. It's like, no, you can, you can lead singing. You can do this. You, you can do a devotional. And uh, by the way, we met 17 years ago tonight. So happy anniversary. Uh, Tonight's topic is trust. And I have a, a few questions. Well, I have several questions and, and several scriptures that we're gonna, I'm going to try to go through here. Uh, first, can you teach the gospel to a friend if they don't trust you? Well, first of all, if, if you don't, if you're not friends with someone close enough that you can trust them, it's going to be pretty tough to evangelize to someone. If you're not trustworthy, or if there's, there has, you know, there needs to be a relationship there if you were going to a friend to teach the gospel to. How, how successful can that, can that personal evangelism be without trust? Well, looking at it now, as I asked this question, as I wrote it down, it made more sense, but obviously it, it won't be successful if someone doesn't trust you. Why would they listen to you 
you can you can point out in the scripture and show them on black and white but if trust is very important um, now, relationships are built on trust at least relationships that you know last that last very long so I have a question another question who is someone you trust I trust the congregation. I trust the people who are here. I trust that if I have a problem, I can talk to people, I can talk to the elders, I can talk to, well, everyone here. I feel like I can talk to, to ask a question if there was an issue. And I would like to think that we have that trust in our congregation that we can talk to each other, whether it's, you know, little things, major things, all of that. So, you know, Another question, are you trustworthy? Well, you know, it, you know, it's one thing to, to go out throughout the week and if you can't trust the people we deal with, that's, that's not, a, not a type of relationship I want to deal with. I, uh, you know, it might be someone you, in business, it's like, well, I don't really trust them. Maybe I don't. Try, I try not to do business with them or try not to converse with them on a daily basis. Um, but the, I guess the, as we go through here, you know, do you trust God? Because that is probably, as far as trust goes, if, you know, God is a, uh, God is not able to lie. As we, if we look in Titus, let's go to Titus uh, one two, uh, chapter one verse two. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So, God cannot lie. And if we get, let's go to Matthew 26, verse 39. And this is, uh, so Jesus, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus trusted God. He trusted the plan. So we need to have trust in God. We need to trust God the way Jesus trusted. And if we go to, uh, let's go to uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Thought I had that marked here. Might take me a second now. In Proverbs three, verse five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him, 
and he shall direct your paths. And as I was, as I was going through there, I, I really liked, I liked the chapter 37 of Psalm. Um, you know, as David writes in, uh, well, all of chapter 37 here, but do not, fret. let's start with verse one. Uh, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as as the noonday rest in the lord and wait patiently for him do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass cease from anger and forsake wrath do not fret it only causes harm three times do not fret. So we can worry. We can trust. But we must trust in God. If we aren't trusting, are we worrying? I know it's, it's easy to say, don't worry about it. Well, people say that all the time. Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. <coughs> it's, it's very hard, difficult for someone who worries to just say, oh, I'll just let it go. It will, nothing will happen. Oh, it'll be okay. But I, th there's a reason in Psalm 37 that, that it is written three times, do not fret. And then it is written multiple times to trust in the Lord. It's not, you know, it, if it wasn't important, it probably wouldn't be written but one time. And then you just kind of read over it. But uh, chapter 37 of Psalm, you know, do not fret as it starts out. 37 verse 1. You know, and then as we get towards the bottom of, or at farther down in, in uh, chapter 37 of Psalm, uh, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Uh, let's see if we go to. Matthew 5, verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, there is obviously a, Jesus knew, knew the scriptures. Uh, and then as we continue on to Matthew 6, verses 25 through 30. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. 
For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, value, not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Continuing in verse 31 here, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day it is, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, I guess as I close here, I think, you know, we have to have trust. We have to have trust among the congregation, among each other, among, and have to have a level of trust with those that we seek to evangelize to. So, I know it's, uh, it is definitely something that, can't say I often struggle with, but there's there's times. It's not a not so much a you know it trust can be you know it takes a lot to earn trust, it takes very little to lose trust. So you should continue to to seek to be trustworthy to people, to those in our, our congregation, our brothers and sisters, and uh, take comfort in the scripture. Even. So when I was thinking about putting together this lesson, I started thinking about how track runners, when they run a race, they don't just full sprint a mile because if they do that, they're going to run out of energy and they're not going to want to run anymore. So they run with endurance and they pace themselves and they keep going. And when I thought about this, I started thinking of Hebrews 12, 13, if you would turn with me. I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 where it says, Therefore also since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us weigh aside every weight and sin which is so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was sent before us, him endured the cross, disposing the shame, 
and sat down the right hand of God on the throne. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. This means that no matter how tiring the race can get, we should keep running with endurance and look unto Jesus to run. And that the race can't be run in one full sprint. We may have troubles, but we need to keep pushing and keep running. This also reminded me of an old track runner by the name of Derek Redmond, as some of you may have heard of him. As he was running in the Olympic track, his leg got cramped or a muscle got pulled. And while he was limping across the field, his father ran down the stage, fighting off security just to get to the track, to pick him up and help him hobble to the finish line. This reminded me of the way that God helps us with trials and that we can't be tempted beyond our way, as it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, if you would turn there with me, please. 10.13, sorry. Where it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as in common to man. But God has faithfully, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make you the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This means that not only will he not tempt you not beyond not tempt you beyond what you are capable of, but he will also provide a way out and a way through the temptation. I also thought of James one, two through three, if you will also turn there with me. Where it says, My brethren, count it all joy that you fall into various trials, knowing that your testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. This means that we should be happy when we are in trials or take glad in our trials because it will make us stronger with our faith and will help us run with more endurance which could keep us on the right trail, and it could also help anyone else that is on the wrong trail, either falling off or bring them back in, or to bring someone back in. If you have not started this race, or you would like to start the race, or have started the race, and are having trouble times or want to start the race, please come forward if you need to be baptized or would like your, our prayers as we stand and sing. <laughs>